Southern Storm, a bold, liberating rock, shot through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome back to this episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Podcast. We're very uh, thankful for the downloads and the participation on the Facebook page. As you know, I'm not alone. With me, as always, my good friend Jason. Uh, what's going on tonight, Jason? Hey, man, I am doing well. We're having some unseasonably warm temperatures in Ohio. We're gotten the 60s today. Nice. So I think if you sent that, send me that from North Dakota, thank you. How are you well, doing? I th- Well, you already took us from us because now we're going downward. Uh, we we almost got to like 50 like two or three days ago, and now it's, it's, it's not snowing, no snow, but it's getting colder. So, I was out walking my dogs this afternoon with my son, and I could have easily put on shorts. And I should have put on shorts because it's going to be a long time probably before I can wear shorts right, outside. Right. So, so we got a theme this week. Before we tell uh, the listeners who our guests are, we're going to talk about uh, uh, British bands that are influenced by blues, uh, whether that's you know going back how many years in the '60s or anywhere between then and now. Um, I'll start out, you know, obviously, as you know, you can see over my right shoulder, the Rolling Stones, kind of the first band that, that comes to mind, you know, reading, listening or reading interviews with those guys, they just say, you know, like, Hey, we're just a, we're just a British band trying to play American, American music. You know, those guys, you know, you know, they collect all these records from chess studios and whatnot. And when they came over uh, a couple of the first times, you know, you know, Meet Muddy Waters and, and playing at Chess Studios. And so that's, you know, that's the, the one band that really, really comes to mind. Um, you know, I think going from there, like we were chatting the other night about uh, how all those guys used to get together, you know, Eric Clapton and the Stones yeah. and stuff and just put on blues records and, and try to play that stuff. Um, I think after, you know, uh, along with the Stones, that you know, not quite as big, but still well known enough, you know, free and humble pie. I think you got to say that right there that they're they're, you know, very influenced by blues and even have some kind of southern rock to them too. Even before absolutely, that you, you took my humble pie. I was going to say that I thought I was going to be cool and impress <laughs> people by coming up with humble pie. You stole my thunder. <laughs> hey, we can have the same answers. Okay. We often do. It, so you want me to go? Go ahead. Okay. Very good. Well, Rolling Stones, obviously, like that's probably the band that everybody's going to think of, of what was, what British bands or musicians were inspired by the blues, right? That's what the Stones want to do. In fact, they did it better than some Americans trying to do that type of music for the time period. So excellent choice. 
You said free. You said humble pie. You took one of my answers. That's okay. Um, I'm going to go with two bands here. Uh, number one is one my favorite band of all time, other than the Black Crows, Led Zeppelin. They start out as nice. a hardcore blues band, right? That first album is almost nothing but blues covers. You know, Jimmy Page loved blues music. Robert Plant was 19, singing in a blues band. Um, and those guys are absolutely try to play blues music. In fact, my favorite Zeppelin song, uh, Since I've Been Loving You, is a wonderful blues jam. So, Nolan Led Zeppelin. Um, number two, I'm going to say The Faces. Even though, mm-hmm. you know, they had a, right you know, Rod Stewart and those guys, Ronnie Wood, um, the faces. I'm going to call it. So you said free. I said faces. So I'm going there. And last but not least, I'm going to say John Mayall and the Blues Breakers. We've got blues right in the name. So which also had Eric Clapton on it for and one of their albums as well, too. And also Jimmy Page was in the Blues Breakers, as was Jeff Beck, as was Mick Taylor. Yep. I was just going to say that before I, that, was, that <laughs> popped in my head before you even said. There's blues, blues in the name. We have to say John right, Mayall right. and the Blues Breakers. I can't believe I didn't. It, it Zeppelin didn't come up in my head. You know, I think, the, the, you know, later on, they're so more known for kind of spark and metal and just that big, heavy right. kind of sound. Um, you know, Black Sabbath started out as a blues band. Heavy, yeah. The heavy, Very, blue, heavy that, yeah, the more darker sound for sure. <laughs> Very interesting there. Well, you know, talking about British bands is a good segue into uh, our guests that we have coming up on this episode. Jason, why don't you let the listeners know uh, who we're going to be talking to. We have um, two gentlemen, the founders of a British band that does Southern rock music. The name of the band is the Southern Brotherhood. And let me warn you, if you look up the Southern Brotherhood, make sure it is the band from the UK and not the hate group from the South. Please. Um, I have made that mistake when I looked them up the first time, but the Southern Brotherhood and we have founders Andy and Jeff from the band. And uh, we certainly had a very interesting time talking to those guys, very, very uh, positive and upbeat and talked about, you know, uh, you know, our love of the Crows and mentioned several other bands. And uh, I think uh, everyone's going to enjoy this. Well, I think you're going to enjoy everything we do because I guess I'm tooting my own horn and your horn and our horn. And so, Why don't we go ahead and we're going to bring you our interview with Andy Southern Rose and Jeff from Southern Brotherhood. Enjoy. We're here with our guests. Uh, this week on the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. We're very excited. Uh, we are uh, across the pond for the first time, uh, at least virtually. So, uh, as always, I uh, throw this over to Jason. Tell the listeners who our guests are today. Who are our guests today? This is our first, I believe, international guest, correct? It sounds yeah. like it. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was hoping somebody would say Yes, uh, we have a couple guys from the band Southern Brotherhood, right? Are you guys Royal Southern Brotherhood or Southern Brotherhood? No, they are the posh guys. We are just the working class <laughs> See, equivalent. Yeah. You're Southern Brotherhood because when I looked up Royal Southern Brotherhood, it was like a Neville brother, and they were not from the UK. So I was like, <laughs> this is the Southern Brotherhood. 
But sometimes you have to confirm that with people just to be sure. So we started um, roughly at the same time, but we are still standing after all these years. Yeah. So what, what you want to be aware of, too, so our listeners in the United States, this isn't for you guys over in the UK, guys, but be very careful when we're Googling you to find out and listen to your great music and who you are, that the Southern Brotherhood is also a white power group in the Southern United States. So be we very are aware careful. of that. Yes, yes, we are. We are very aware of it. We have no affiliations of any kind. Yeah. No, we. I know that. But I, be very clear. Listeners, if you Google Southern Brotherhood, make sure it is the band from the UK, not the hate group from the Southern United States. <laughs> Too right. Uh, so yeah, welcome, no. guys. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves and let you let us know what you do in the band. Over to you, Jeff. Uh, well, hi, I'm Jeff. Uh, I sing a bit. I play guitar, usually on the left-hand side, and I dabble with uh, piano, organ, etc and uh i'm andy's long-term partner in crime i guess nice welcome uh, i'm andy jeff's partner in crime of um coming up nine years now uh, we got together through the, the love of the same music and the same bands um namely through the black rose arena Oh, there we go. And uh, yeah, here we go. Um, Long time fans, both of us from the early 90s. And uh, yeah, I mean, Jeff and I started Southern Brotherhood. And the idea was we are in the far south of the UK and we are brothers. So brothers in music. So we thought, well, Southern Brotherhood sounds like a cool name, right? And that's how we did it. No, it's great. And, and thank you guys both, Andy and Jeff, for joining us here. We're very, very thankful for you to get on, uh, talk about what you guys are doing, what you guys are doing in the UK and how it relates to the, uh, now for us, the global Southern rock arena. So what are you guys doing currently with the band? Uh, unfortunately, we're quiet because of COVID. Um, like a lot of guys, we can't get together. We're not allowed to be in contact with other guys, so uh, we can't rehearse. Um, hopefully... We're getting together to record in February, but obviously the longer we can't practice, the more we're likely to delay that recording. But fingers crossed, I would imagine we will record before Easter. So that, yeah, that, like Jeff said, that's the plan. And uh, we, up until five weeks ago, before we went back into a month-long lockdown and further restrictions now that we're out of it, we were rehearsing every week, and uh, Jeff had come up with a bunch of songs, uh, whereas I had sort of like a very small pipeline of songs, and managed to pull eventually six out of the 14 songs that we've written. Uh, so Jeff has done the rest, and uh, we we have a very diversified album, uh, I would say, with influences from different sides, uh, because at the same time, we have a new rhythm section. So... We have Graham and we have Ant, um, two new guys who had to learn everything from scratch. We started, you know, rehearsing as a new band together, as a new lineup, just before the big uh, COVID hit back in March. So we only did about three or four rehearsals with these guys, and then we didn't play with each other for about six months. Yeah. So it has been tough, but in the meantime, Jeff was churning music, he was writing, and I was going, I was hiding in the corner saying, oh, I haven't written anything. I got no inspiration, but I, I came back a little bit with a vengeance in the end. 
Great. So I, a couple of questions. So I was going to ask you one thing, but you just spurred me on to something else. So new rhythm section. You guys are the quote unquote brothers. You're Black Crows fans. So which one of you is Chris and which one of you is Rich? I would be Rich and Andy would be Mark. Mark. Oh, you went with Mark. and Okay. All right. This this guy here on the wall. This is not. Oh, Mark Ford. There he is. The man. Could be the brothers. Nice. We kind of, um, as we're both guitar players and our voices are maybe... Not the strongest, not as strong as Chris's, perhaps. We well, who's this? More ourselves to be in more like maybe Mark and maybe like Rich. Cool. Now you mentioned your COVID restrictions are getting pulled up, or it's not as bad as it was. Kind of, kind of what's go? Where are you guys right now in the UK, and kind of what are your COVID restrictions looking like? Uh, we're um, south coast of England, right near the water, and we are what they call tier two. So um, we cannot meet anybody else inside the house. If we go to the pub, you've got to be distanced. You've got to get a table, got to order food. Not the end of the world. We're lucky the pubs have only just opened Mm -hmm. in the last uh, couple of weeks or so. Um, Yeah, it's unpleasant, but it's not the end of the world. Yeah. But it stopped us because previously we could we could just rehearse, right? Everyone could rehearse in, in, in you know, and the studio that is close to us is about you know ten fifteen minutes drive from each of us. Um, it was very well equipped, big rooms, you know, hand sanitizer and that sort of stuff. But the 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 law is actually saying, well, if you're from different households, you cannot mix together. Not even Jeff can come to my house. I can't go to his house. I can't even get to Jeff's garden or he can't come into my garden. So basically we're on hold until we know that they change this. But we looking at the figures, I mean, we're getting with the population that we have, 67 million in the UK, we are getting on average now midweek 500, 600 deaths. Yeah, it's still very high, you know. Yeah, um, the USA so. and UK both, you know, we're kind of brother countries in terms of not handling this super great. Exactly. Uh, great. Yeah. There's a brotherhood theme on this episode. Brian, I think it's all about brotherhoods here. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> so uh <laughs> talk about your first record, Truth and Lies, and like just everything that kind of led up to that. Oh, good God. Uh Truth and Lies, 2018. Uh we had a new bass player on that one. That seemed to be a theme. Revolving band members. Um, I think we came in with good strong songs there. Once again, diverse. Um, and we shared the songwriting duties probably 50-50 on that. Um, yeah, great album. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, and like Jeff said, you know, um, we recorded the backbone of this album all in, well, it was over one weekend, right? We did 14 songs in, in a whole weekend, and then wow. we put all, yeah. I mean, we knew the songs. We were gigging them sure. regularly. So we, yeah. we, we we just didn't go there not knowing what the song was going to be. We played them live and live and live all the time. And we were gigging solidly. So, you know, we got into the studio. We knew what we're, roughly what we were doing. And then Jeff and I went back and did all the extra production bits, you know, putting the acoustics, Jeff doing the, the, the piano, organ parts. And, you know, we got our daughters. So we called them the Amys. And they, they're the backing vocalists on three of the tracks. 
So we did all this over a period of uh, the following weeks, so, you know, popping in one night. We stayed until in the studio until five o'clock in the morning a couple of times, which was crazy because both of, both of us were, were to work in the following morning. So, <laughs> But that's what you Oof. got to do, right? So, right. Yeah. Got to live that lock, rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was tough, but it was enjoyable. Yeah. Did you guys play live, like live on the tracks and where you kind of recorded everything together? Yeah, uh, we, we did. Yeah. Mostly. On our previous couple of albums, we did exactly that, 100% live, everything, mm -hmm. vocals, guitar, the lot, and that was stressful. So on Truth and Lies, it was the first opportunity we had to actually cut it in a more conventional way, where um, scratch vocals, mm -hmm. and we just smashed down the rhythm guitars, hoping for the best, and we were lucky to catch them more or less first time. So it was a question of going back in, and Andy putting on all his solos um, and putting a bit of effort into the uh, thing in at the backing vocals. And as we said, put on a little bit of uh, hand claps, um, piano, organ, acoustic guitars. And probably lap steel. Lap steel, way. yeah. Who played lap steel? Uh, it was me attempting to play lap steel. <laughs> 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 I own one. It's in the corner over there in the studio, but I don't really play enough to justify <laughs> claiming I can play it. <laughs> so what is the scene like over there for this this genre of music, uh, you know, bluesy, southern southern rock kind of sounding stuff? I mean, just from the, the stuff I've like looked at, it seems like it's yeah, pretty decent... You know, and it, of course we're talking about pre-COVID, but right. So, what's what's your take on the scene over there? Shall I go, Jeff? Do you want to go? Hey, guys. Okay. Well, um, there is there is a different world. There are the big cities like Bristol, London, Liverpool, Manchester, where the music scene is marginally different from places where we are. I mean, we are in Bo around Bournemouth, which is you know three hundred thousand people, so it's not a small place. There is a very decent music scene in comparison to other places that you know, are a bit more like around uh, different sort of genres. Down here, let's call it this is the Southwest that we have influences from, let's say, Celtic um, origins and uh, a bit of folk music. Um, it's quite big country folk here, country rock. So th there is a bit of a mixture, which kind of like fits us in in. In, let's say in the UK Americana scene, um, so it helps us where we are located. But really, the the place to be for for any of that music has to be around London. You know, you guys mentioned to me like Stone Thieves, for instance, uh, Brian. You yeah. know, the guys are in London, completely different world to 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 the scene down here. Mm -hmm. um, London is the place where you play for nothing, right? You you just you're making basically zero money, right? In in that circuit. But you're hopeful that that may give you a little bit of exposure towards uh, playing summer festivals. You know, you might get get heard by the BBC or doing BBC introducing and you end up being on the BBC introducing stage at Glastonbury, right? And Glastonbury to us is very close, you know, 45 minutes drive from, from where I live, for instance. You know, there, there's a lot of festival scene around here. Uh, Jeff, we can tell you a little bit more about Bournemouth because he's, he's basically living here all his life. So he has seen it evolve over the years. Bournemouth, yeah, Bournemouth, good pub back then, that's for sure. But I must say, I've got a different perspective because uh, I live in my own musical bubble, really. Um, just following the bands I like, really. So 
my comments are not really as valid. Cool. Um, you get about, you used to get about a lot of seeing, you know, the bands you like, Gavin Mule, uh, Black Rose. And mm -hmm. so did that to a certain extent, but it became a little bit more like I diverted my attention more towards Blackberry Smoke and uh, oh, Steve Band in, in the last yeah. few years. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of like diversified a little bit more there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the scene here is, is, is a kind of strange place, you know. Like you think the place that's, that's created the Beatles and, and the Rolling Stones, there's a, and, and, you know, the Mouds music and all the stuff from the 60s, etc. And it's, mm -hmm. and now if you listen to, you know, a radio station, BBC Radio One, for instance, I can't even listen to it. I mean, it's all stuff yeah, that I think is completely, oh, it's all stuff that the massive record companies pay a lot of money to put this, this music on and you've got no chance of uh, having anyone with talent being played on the radio. Uh, it sounds like the way it is here on FM radio, just a lot of crap. Yeah, it's all crap, really. If you want to have decent music, you've got to tune into a select station. You know, mm. something you want, like a rock station, and you'll get rock. But, you know, most of our generic stations are exactly that generic. Yeah, it's all the cor yeah. corporate rock, corporate pop, whatever they're trying to kind of sell to the masses. And this is the reason that Brian started this podcast, because you know, he was seeing and Brian, correct me if you're, I'm wrong here. I'm speaking for you. But he was hearing and seeing about all these new great southern rock bands or, or southern rock bands and blues bands that weren't getting their time. It's like, hey. I love these guys. Let's do something to help promote them and get them out there because you certainly aren't getting any radio airplay anywhere. Yeah, very That's true. true. I mean, where I'm at in the U.S. Is, is, you know, I'm pretty far north and all that music that's going, down, going on down in Georgia and Mississippi, Alabama, Texas and all that, uh, Tennessee. Florida, Nashville. Virginia. Yeah. Is, I mean, it's amazing how many good younger southern bands there are. And up here, I mean, there's just you know, I mean, I'm about three hours away from Minneapolis, but, you know, even there, I don't think there's, you know, really much. I mean, so it's just, you know, I'm, I'm like I said, I started this podcast just to, to be part of this Southern rock blues kind of community and getting to talk to these guys and just, you know, it makes me feel good and really helps me. So, yeah, definitely, definitely uh, uh, digging everything I hear down there and, and, and digging what the podcast is doing so thanks so very much for the sorry i was gonna say thank you for the introduction to magnolia bayou because that's oh, a really great, great band they're i really great, started yeah. following the guys great music and uh, you know that's so much that i listen to anything that grabs me and they grab me so thank you for oh. that intro yeah, I mean, Brian's great. This is why he's doing that. And in the short period of time I've been his co-host, I've learned a, a lot about uh, bands I'm really into. So Magnolia Bayou, which is one of Brian's favorites, they're great. Uh, then Dirty Roses, which to me sound like a cross between Guns N' Roses and like a, a country band, like Skinnerd. Um, uh, Southern Governor, which is a heavy rock band with Southern influences from Virginia. It's a three-piece, all brothers. They're really good. Check them out. Um, you know, so there's a lot of just uh, the Georgia Thunderbolts who are like another good. I mean, there's just so much good stuff. And Brian's doing a great job promoting it. And then also it gave me access to you guys when I got away from the White Power website and found the right one to be able to send your music. <laughs> That's why I put that disclaimer on the beginning of this podcast, because I don't, I don't want people thinking the wrong thing about you guys. <laughs> and they never bought any records. So I can't yeah. that. those bastards. Know. 
<laughs> so what what other bands over there do you guys have camaraderie with or go to see or stay in communication with? Well, um, actually, I, I stay in touch with the guys from, you may have heard of them, uh, Phantom Limb. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Mark Mark Ford uh, has toured with them, and he produced yeah. the, the their record, The Pines. And th- they're not far off from where we are. They're just in the Bath, Bristol area. So let's let's give it and take an hour drive, um, an hour and an hour and a quarter, something like that. Um, and they were a really good band. You know, I I really loved what they did, and it's a shame that it all ended um, because they had a massive future there. Um, so yeah, I mean. We, we know of bands in our area that have similarly sort of uh, shaped and may have slightly different in uh, one of those guys that we played with a couple of times, Jeff, that uh, like very sort of country rock. Um, can't remember what they're called. Do you remember those guys? Uh, no. uh, they, they play with the banjo and the stuff and really, really, really good. And they, they went and toured the Europe right. uh, last year or a couple of years ago. Oh, I can't remember the name now. Sorry, apologies with terrible with names. Uh, no worries. So when you talk about country rock, so you've, you mentioned that a couple times now. So two questions. Is, is that really a growing kind of popular scene that you're seeing over in the UK? I guess the sound all comes from, you know, mixing a bit of folk music okay. played with certain instruments. And, you know, this folk music played with banjos in the UK, you know. And you've got the, the banjos and you may have, you know, the guitars. And you may have played the fiddle and, the, mm-hmm. you know. Although they may be sort of like not dipping into the America, the, the U.S. Americana thing, but they're talking about similar things, and the sound ultimately sounds very much like Washburn, uh, the board sound, you know. Yeah. So you end up with a very, very similar uh, uh, Appalachian type of sound. So almost right? like a bluegrass, what I would consider a bluegrass. Yes, yeah, let's call okay. it bluegrass. Yeah, okay. like the U.S. U.S. slash U.K. bluegrass. Very, very strange, but and. Um, it, it seems to work down here, you know. Okay. If you go come to our festivals, primarily around here, it's mostly folk, folk rock, folk country rock, bluegrass type of stuff. Um, yeah, and it, but if you move to other parts of the UK, it's very different. You know, it okay. becomes a bit more like it could be straight rock or it could be punk rock or it could be anything. Uh, alternative rock is huge here, right? Well, what well, goes under that label, right? Yeah, right. As alternative, yeah. yeah. So you have UK hillbillies if you're listening to bluegrass and playing bluegrass. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> you got you guys know of a C6 Steve? No, you don't know C6 Steve? No, he's I don't. A, he's a he's this guy from the US. He's a proper hillbilly, and he's <laughs> oh, uh, he's gone on the Jules Holland. You know, you must have okay, heard of Jules yeah. Holland, right? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, watch C- his stuff on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, C6 Steve consistently. Uh, comes here and tours in this part of the world because he has yeah. a massive following. Uh, he is a guy on on you know three string guitar, one of those like you know uh, oh. um, cigar boxes. Yeah. 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 Okay. And he just yep. he, he played at Glastonbury and played in places like that because obviously people love his sound. Maybe in the US it's not recognized, but he's hugely recognized here in the UK. Um, Reiner, you know? Do you know that guy? Like you know a lot about music. Yeah, a buddy of mine uh, shares a lot of that stuff. With me, yeah, totally, totally, yeah. He has a huge beard, white beard, and right. you know he's that proper. That so, I think he was actually a retired guy. You know, he became famous when he was retired. He was he wasn't working anymore, and and he, you know, 
I like his stuff because it's totally unique. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Right? <laughs> I'm going to check that out just for the name of C6 Steve. That just keeps yeah, it's great. <laughs> I know some of the other but guys that, I, that I've chatted with over there. Um, you mentioned Stone Thieves earlier, and then uh, I've spoken briefly to uh, Andrew Knightley from Trident Waters, and of course uh, Gavin Donaldson from uh, Maker, the drummer and Maker, and his uh -huh. brother Andrew guitar player i've chatted with those guys quite a bit i know you said you don't really cross paths with those guys but um so some of the bands from there that i'm aware with aware of well i love Jeff, maker you saw them yeah i followed uh magpie round did about six shows when uh maker were in support they're good yeah. guys yeah well rich produced some they came over and worked in woodstock and rich produced some stuff that's correct that they're working on that's you guys have great musical taste. I will. I will <laughs> mention that. Like you know, so C six C six D better be good. You're gonna oh, let me know. <laughs> it's not everyone's cup of tea, as we say here. But it, it, you know, it, it's fun to watch. But there are some great bands also that have been introduced by my my, my daughter Amy. Um, uh, she's basically listened to um, some of the. New guys I've never heard of. Like, um, there's a local local band called Bear Jams, and uh, these guys are basically, I would say, like uh, ska ska reggae type, and they're really incredibly talented. And there's a lot lot of varied stuff that I dip into. So we all love the Black Crows, and I think it's a good conversation to get into, and you know, really go deep on this. And like, when did, when did you guys first start getting into them? And we were talking before we, we started rolling here about how that kind of led to you guys forming a band. So let's talk a little Black Rose. You, Jeff? Well, good Lord. Uh, I was aware of the first album, like everybody, quite enjoyed it. But um, it was uh, the second album, uh, Sometime Salvation, Mark Solo. The second I heard it, I was just, I was in deep that point yeah it's like church uh, so yeah i was a big fan watched them all the time didn't get around to seeing them unfortunately until 1997 um i had a young family then four young kids big commitments to work so i couldn't do it much as i wanted to but um god when i saw them in 97 you know i was really really in uh followed them through the lean years went through to uh 2006 reunion shepherd's bush did three on the trot there I was and then, there. And then I, I just got bigger and bigger after that. I started, I went over to the States. I saw three in Washington. I did some in New York. I've seen them uh, in Amsterdam quite a few times, obviously. Nice. Um, yeah, I think I, I clocked up 38, which is not bad for somebody yeah. over here. Did you see uh, the Paradiso in Amsterdam? Yeah, seen a few there. Yeah. Love it. I got a, a show poster from the Paradiso in Amsterdam. Like I said, my father, before we, I think before we started recording, but my father-in-law's from the Netherlands and my, my uh, wife's half Dutch, half German. So uh, they hooked me up with a, a nice poster I got hanging down here. Super cool. Nice. Yeah, um, there in uh, February for the uh, acoustic show was the last bit of music I got this yeah. year. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not sure that Rich didn't have a sore throat then. So, uh, I might have got away with a skin of my teeth. I basically came across the Black Rose by, let's say, pure accident. Um, I went through a phase from, you know, the, the late 80s from Guns N' Roses and ACDC and that sort oh, of yeah. stuff. Uh, there 
were very big at the mm-hmm. time, and I was yeah. way into the metal scene, and you know, I was blown away in earlier by Motley Crue, and I listened to also stuff Metallica, I made, and that sort of stuff. You're you're and right I, in my alley, man. Me. You and I can be brothers based on those musical tastes. <laughs> <laughs> and as it happened, I went to see the Monsters of Rock in 1991. Oh right? yeah, and I was there because of Pantera. And I was there because of Metallica, and I was yeah. there because of ACDC, right? And then I never heard of these guys called the Black Rose. And to be perfectly honest, you know, I didn't know what to expect musically. Never heard of them. They were not being played on the radio. I didn't know what the kind of style they were. And I basically grew up on music from my, my dad, you know, primarily around the Beatles and the Stones. And mm-hmm. my uncle, who was an original 60s hippie, who was introduced me to all the other stuff, you know, the Led Zepp and credence and that sort of stuff so as soon as the they started hitting the notes and i went oh my god i recognize this this is sort of stuff that my parents would listen to or my, my uncle and my father would listen to and uh, the rest was history you know i sort of like started losing completely losing interest after that um around the, the sort of like the metal scene and starting to listen more around you know the stuff that the crows were playing and i guess you know like jeff said the second record, you know, Southern Harmony has been a massive influence on me, and uh, I, I listened to it. I, I was at um, I was at college in, in Rome at the time, and I used to walk with my Walkman every day. I was listening to that record, and I knew that if I was actually hitting over the bridge over the Tiber, the River Tiber, that that uh, you know instinct me mark started playing the, the solo i was actually keeping up well and i knew that i could get to lessons on time <laughs> so i was keeping up with my pace you know regardless of the heat or the cold in the wind so that, that that completely blew me away um didn't see them for a number of years just like jeff small kids wife etc didn't get to see them until um 1999 was the next time I saw the Crows. Um, saw them at Wembley. Uh, Jeff, I think, was there as well. We, we saw them with yeah. Aerosmith and Stereophonics and, mm-hmm. and Lenny oh, Kravitz. Stereophonics. And then, yeah, I'm the only huge. American. I'm the only U.S. person that loves the Stereophonics. I'm pretty sure. Love They're great. They're absolutely great. And uh, Steve Goldman did a stint Steve for a year. Him, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he played with them for a year. You I'm know, telling after, you what, um, Vegas two times is a hell of a rock jam. If you guys listen and don't know the Stereophonics and the song Vegas two times, listen. It's a great, great album. Um, so re- really, you know, that again blew me away. Saw them the following month again at. Um, uh, Shepherd's Bush um, in London, Shepherd's Bush Empire. Um, then again, saw them Shepherd's Bush in 2006, reunion with Mark. Um, I was there one night of the three. Jeff probably did all three. And um, okay. saw them a few few more times after yeah. that. And then basically, I've not seen them in this decade. I've not seen a single show of the cross. But then again, they, they finished off in 2013 with the last uh, of the shows. Um, so Andy, your as, first as show... Pros. Was on the buyer? Was it the buyer side tour? Were they doing the buyer side support at that point? Correct. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was the buyer side, and it was the Chris with the feathers on his head yeah. and that sort of stuff. Um, it, it was pretty good, you know. Totally uh, freed, great guitarist. Oh, still great. today. Absolutely loved what he he, he played with. Yeah, uh, he's with Cheryl Crow now. With Cheryl Crow, I mean, I think that that set at Glastonbury last year was outstanding. Um, it, was it last year, last summer? Yes, 2019. Actually, our daughter was actually working at Glastonbury at the time. She mi- missed that. Yeah. Um, 
but I've seen it on TV several times. Yeah, it's great. great. Absolutely. Shiro and Ollie would be great on the podcast, Brian. Come on. Can you oh, get for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, harder to get to the bigger fish. We'll so get there. We were talking before we started rolling. My understanding, Andy, is you said, like, just you guys love the Black Crows. That's how, you know, Southern Brotherhood, the seeds of that got started. Well, uh, Jeff can tell you a little bit more. I mean, I said to Jeff, look, if I, we ever move down, uh, you and I we're gonna get together and just play guitar with each other. And we never sort of like thought about actually starting something serious. But um, as it happened, um, we moved down here in June and didn't do anything for the next six months. Didn't know anybody except for Jeff. Um, but we, we still are 20 minutes drive away. So we're neighbors, but not that close. Um and I said to Jeff, look, I'm not doing anything. I don't know anybody here. Uh, I've got no musical commitments anymore because I left them all behind near London. And I said, what are you doing? Jeff said, I'm just playing in my bedroom. He said, come over and let's have a jam. And uh, that was it. You know, uh, within, what's that, two months, we were already writing our own stuff and wow. um, working towards the, our first album, uh, Magic Upper Ride, back in... Uh, uh, we, we released it, actually, on the day that we thought the world was going to end, on the 21st of December 2012. And we did it as a gimmick, <laughs> and we said, guys, if, if it goes wrong, at least we, we have made a record together. <laughs> right. <laughs> and eight years later, we're still alive, so we're, we're grateful for that. Were you guys yeah. doing music um, in your younger days or any other time, any other bands? I mean, what, what was it like before you kind of got the, the band together? Wow. You know, He's done a lot. Um, I can just tell you my musical career briefly because it's it's much shorter. It's <laughs> I did a lot at school, played in the choir, played trumpet, messed around, did orchestras, jazz bands, and I gave it all up for um, for a girl that I ended up marrying. And I went on just to live my life, and I didn't pick up a guitar until I was 35 years of age. And then suddenly I just tried to make up for lost ground. I had one band very shortly before um, I hooked up with Andy. Uh, they were called Remedy. Good name. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, like like a lot of bands, uh, in, internal friction. We broke up after one gig. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I went firmly into the bedroom as a recluse and... Um, as I say, I, you know, Andy came around and we started jamming. And, uh, you know, I almost thank Andy for uh, literally and metaphorically, uh, you know, bringing me out of the bedroom and get me on the stage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, my musical career spans a little bit further than Jeff, but not much. Uh, quite a few bands. Um, I had my own original uh, band before Southern Brotherhood, but I wouldn't put them on the same pedestal because obviously I, I think much more highly of Southern Brotherhood than I did of the previous one where I, I wrote all the stuff and uh, it was a band called uh, Electric Mojo. Um, yeah, again, you know, Jeff and I work in partnership in terms of, you know, the writing. Um, even though, I mean, Jeff will come up with a complete song or I come up with a complete song, we always help each other and say, hey, you need to change that bridge or the ending, I would have done it this way. So we have that sort of like McCartney and Lennon partnership. So Jeff can tell you this, that if he, he feels he is Paul and, and I'm obviously John uh, in the way that we write songs. 
<laughs> I run the darker ones. Yeah. I am left-handed, so I'll have to be pulled by the. Yeah, I, I saw that on your videos <laughs> online and stuff too. That you're a you're a lefty. Yeah. That we also we do small acoustic gigs because we can. Uh, we can huddle up closer together. Yeah, you can, right? <laughs> Literally, when we were a duo, we could fit in a small corner of a bar and we have plenty of space. You know? That's right. Yeah. Andy and I were talking before we started rolling, too, that we have a mutual admiration of the Steepwater band. So you can you go into when you became aware of those guys and, you know, got to met them, got to know them? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um I, I met the guys through, well, thanks to Mark Ford, who produced Grace and Melody and, and Blasted on social media, say, hey, check out these guys. And, you know, I listened to what they played on the record, and I went, wow, you know, it's, it, these guys are amazing. I, I want to I wanna know more. And I started sort of, like, following them, uh, social media, hooked up with the guys, and then they were coming over to the um, European tour, mostly Spain. I said, I will meet you guys down in, in Spain. So I flew out to Valencia uh, with my wife, went there for a long weekend and went and saw the show um, at Durango Club in Valencia. And I, by, by then I had already arranged for them to do the last leg of the, that tour, that, which was 2010, uh, to do the final date in London. So we played a joint gig where my band at the time, Electric Mojo, opened up together with some other local London bands. So to give support to the guys, we played Bush Hall in London, which is just around the corner from Shepherd's Bush Empire. Lovely Victorian um, building, very lovely theatre. Um, I saw Mark Ford play with Booker T uh, there uh, a few months earlier. So it's a great venue. Uh, the guys managed to come only once to the UK, so I can still claim, claim that I'm the only one who's managed to bring them over. Um, took them back to the airport, um, to Heathrow. They flew back, and uh, the rest is history. You know, we've been friends since, and, you know, I, I, I am an avid collector of the music. I listen to a lot of their stuff all the time, and I also reviewed, uh, you know, the last couple of records for them. Um, so yeah, stay in touch. Great guys, um, with good friends, very humble guys, incredibly talented and underrated, in my view. Yeah, right, for sure. Were you doing some sort of promoting then? Like, how, how did that work for you to bring them over to London? Yeah, I had my own regular label at the time, um, Mojo Records, and it, it was very kind of like specific around the genres that I, I was dealing with in terms of both promotion and also producing and i actually had worked at the same time with one one of the bands that you know very well brian uh drumming wheel right, um, right so yep. the, the guys from uh, missouri um jeremy hansica uh, was introduced to me by uh, another guy on the boards and said hey andy i think these guys could do with a bit of help for their ep um it needs it needs mixing they've got some live takes can you can you help them out and i listened to their stuff and i was automatically wow you know i listened to their stuff and i thought these kids can play and literally they were very young at the time we got back you know 10 years ago and i said oh, guys i'll do it for you so i spent four four days actually working on polishing all the tracks mixing them and giving them a, a, a final product and that actually made it onto the the first ep that driving wheel did so it's sort of like um going back to yeah that sort of time i was promoting i was um, getting involved with, with different bands from from different countries that in my view needed promotion 
help. I produced um, a guy up in Scotland, um, a guy called Mark Evans, who, who is still doing it, still writing. He is very talented, sort of American, a guy from Scotland. Um, very, very good. I released his first EP, um, helped him to get out there. Good sales uh, at the time on uh, iTunes, etc., etc. Um, and then I basically decided to wind down the company um, when it got to a point where it wasn't making any money um, and it was costing me money. Right? Yeah. So, and then at the same time, moved down and uh, that's it. You know, got yeah. together with Jeff and my attention completely shifted to our own thing. And uh, I'm, I'm really glad it did. And we're, yeah. we're still here after nine years. Yeah, no, that's yeah. great, man. Like, you know, being in the music business for you guys, and I've had friends that have been in the music business and stuff. Once everything started going digital, nobody was selling any albums. Like, the only way you could make money was to be on the road, and most people got screwed by their labels or whatever on that, too. So I feel you. But, I, you know, it sucks that your kind of your produ- your record label went, went out, but I'm glad you found the band and you guys have been playing because I've been really enjoying um, listening to your stuff over the last couple of days. Thank you. And, um, you know, it's a pleasure to hear that because obviously it's difficult for us to, we don't yeah. pretend that we are from the United States because right. we're not Yeah, right. we're from the UK, but it doesn't matter where you're located. I mean, if it's inside of you, it will come out. You yeah. know, that's the way I see it. You know, the, the music that inspires my writing clearly comes from that side of, uh, of the world. Right. Know? Well, there's a lot of respect uh, for bands coming out of the UK. There's been so many all-timer bands, right? You've said the Beatles, the Stones. You've got Zeppelin. You've got Clapton. You've got the Who. Like, there's just, uh, you know, the, England and the UK might be one of my favorite places, but not more than the United States, of the, my favorite bands that have actually come out that I've listened to over the years. And the Stereophonics. And stereophonics. <laughs> yeah. And f- funny enough, you know, I do like stereophonics. I think they're a great band. They're, they're still there. They're still doing it. Um, they're still humble, which is great. And, um, y- you know, you're right. Th- there are loads of bands over here that have shaped the things in across the world. Yeah. Know? And the, the good ones are still standing. You know, look at the Stones. I'm a massive Stones fan. And I yeah. think, you know, you got to respect what the guys have been doing in the early days, today. Likewise, yeah. Um, but mean, Jeff can tell you a little bit cred. about his influences because Je- Jeff has got other influences that sometimes we agree with and disagree with. <laughs> well, well, that sounds like a great segue, then, Jeff. Come on, let's talk about the ones we agree with and the ones we disagree with. It's gonna bore you. Yes. No way, <laughs> possible. I, I love Crow. I love Government Mule. I love Mark Ford. I love Rich Robinson. Uh, and Chris is all right. i I don't know how that can um differ from andy i mean but yeah he he yeah andy and i write different different ways and obviously have different influences but um yeah i don't i don't know that we disagree particularly we just uh help shape each other yeah songs together really I thought you were going to tell me like you're a big Britney Spears fan or like, you know, Kaja Goo Goo or, you know, some Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Hang on. I I must confess, I have seen Kaja Goo Goo live, but um, just to give myself (laughs) it was after they dumped the singer Limal and Uh, bass player Nick Beggs uh, stepped up to be the front man and 
it was a little bit more tolerable, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know I can't remember where I read the interview. I don't know if it was with the Keith Richards or, or whoever, but he said like back in the day when those guys were all starting, guys the Beatles and Stones and the Who and Clapton, they'd get together and listen to blues records. And you know, later on, you know, you know, much later on in the nineties, remember Charlie Watts saying like, you know, we're just you know bunch of you know British guys playing American music, you know. So how, well, let's go into the blues a little bit. What are, are you guys fans? Anyone in particular or? How does that play into your influence? Uh, well, you know, blues has been playing a big part on me throughout, you know, all the, all the classics. You know, I listen to a lot of old blues, you know, uh, uh, Johnny Lee Hooker, you know, the, uh, all, all of the names, you know, and it, it's very much an evolution from that, you know, and the slide the slight influence on me, it comes really from that world. So a lot of the Chicago blues, uh, Delta blues. Um, so, you know, I would say out, out of the two of us, I'm the one who has the, the wider spectrum around the blues. Um, I tend to at least put one record, you know, where there is one blues song, just because I think that if we are claiming we are a sudden blues rock jam band, whatever you want to call us, you know, it has to be rooted around the blues. So on the new record, we have one song which, let's face it, you know, people will look for it on, on mm -hmm. YouTube. As soon as you put lockdown, it will come up. So it's lockdown blues, right? And I, I wrote this earlier this year, and uh, I thought I was going to do nothing with it. I just parked it. And then I said to Jeff, look, I've written this. The lyrics were, were good, I thought. And uh, we just played it around. I, I reshuffled it made it into an open G, was originally in a, in, in a standard G tuning. I just put it open G, played very heavy, uh, overdriven slide on it, and that's that's the idea behind it. Right on, right on. I'm well, looking we that up right now. Lockdown Blues, right? <laughs> yeah, you will not find it, because obviously we haven't recorded it yet, but uh, um, oh, okay. we've, had, we've had Brian. Brian has listened to it. You know, he's had access, exclusive access to our new stuff. Um and uh, I know he liked quite a few of those songs. Okay. Yeah, thank you for sending me that stuff. It's nice to get the scoop on, you know, hearing those demos and stuff. When we were talking about bands from over there, it, it occurred to me, right after the Crows got big on Shake Your Moneymaker, from over there, there was the London Choir Boys. And I think they dropped the London out of that and just became the Choir Boys. And I don't know if they're still going, but any you guys ever listen to them or what's your take on them? Well, I, I know of them. Now, um, sorry, Andy, that um, the choir boys very much are going, and Spike, the singer, I believe, is doing a solo, possibly acoustic show uh, in Rains Park very shortly at my uh, one of our friends' uh, local uh, pubs. Oh, cool! I didn't know that. Right on. So yeah, they're still going. Yeah, I thought I thought they were a good band. So after COVID, I don't know if you guys have thought about this, but is there more of a detailed plan of what you guys will do next, or do you get across that bridge when you get to it? Or, um, well, uh, we sort of like are amazed at the things we managed to do despite of COVID, and that was Jeff coming up with this bunch of songs and kicking my ass and say, "Hey, you need to write some songs, get on with it," and I did that, and uh, 
you know, the songs that we put together, we think none of them are like fillers. You know, we don't need to have 14 songs on a record. We could get away with 10 songs. But we just think they're unique songs that tell a story. And to us, it's all like, if you ask us what are the songs about, I mean, there is no fantasy in any of these songs. They're all talking about things that go on today. You know, whether it could be, you know, sort of like riots and yeah, uh, Black Lives Matter and, you know, uh, violence on the streets, mm-hmm. uh, COVID, you know, you know the, the sad stories. But also there are things that are personal to me because I, I went through a, a personal tragedy this year having lost my father and uh, i'm sorry to hear you that. know uh, it's okay um it wasn't well and uh, um yeah he had a cancer and uh it, particularly one song on on that record that would really talk about me uh, where i stand today is definitely back on the mountain the closing number i, I know that brian is listening to it and it's i would say the, the typical americana song probably the most americana song i've ever written really um and that will have a fiddle on it in, in the bridge section. But th- the plan is basically to just get the songs um, recorded. And we already have the studio booked for February. A um, couple of weekends where we're going to just go in there and just do it. And, and it all depends really on where we find ourselves in, in, in the next few weeks. Because if we still have limitations, we can't rehearse with the guys. We had planned, we knew this was coming. So... Jeff and I said, right, okay, let, let's bring a condenser mic and, and the iPad into the rehearsal room. Let's play through the songs so that we've got them written down so that whilst we can't play with each other, we can, we can jam along to them. And to be honest, you know, it's not the greatest of recordings. It's not the greatest of playing, but it's allowing us to know the structure of these new songs, 14 new songs, and also overlay I, I, don't, I can't even hear my guitar which is great because i can play over them play my own new solos constructed solos on it so i guess it's a blessing in disguise and the plan is then you know we, we get to the recording when we can hopefully february if like jeff said it's gonna shift to say easter time then it will have to be easter time um and after that basically we just want to um do, do the overdubs and anything that needs to do in the vocals give it a bit more of a a production and uh, the plan is basically to release it sometime in the summer next year so we don't have a working title yet we don't know what's gonna uh, be called but you know the songs are there and uh, you know we may just say look let's drop one song because it didn't quite work the way we wanted but hopefully that's not the, the intention because we think that they can all work and, and tell a story and um, you know wrap up the, the last 18 months of our writing career really I guess how long have you had the other, you know, you said you've had membership changes. Like, so how long with who's in the band now? How long has everybody been there? Is this looking like it's going to be solid now moving forward? Whoa, very new. Uh, fingers crossed solid for sure. But um, uh, as Andy touched on earlier, our new bass player and our new drummer only hooked up with us for the first time in March. We did three rehearsals uh just to make sure everybody liked each other and got on. And then, bang, uh, COVID restrictions came in and we didn't play together until, I should think, must have been September, Andy. Maybe uh, it was, yeah. I think we started last September. Yeah. Another, another five rehearsals to get to the point we are now. 
So, um, unfortunately, we haven't had enough time to play with these guys. They are great players. We can't wait to play live. That is the the ultimate goal at the moment. But um, with the way things are, it's very difficult. So, we will concentrate on the recording first and hopefully get out gigging live in the summer. Yeah, no, I think you got a light at the end of the tunnel. You guys were the first pe- person to start a vaccine like a couple of days ago, right? Oh, wow. Don't get me started on that front. Uh, <laughs> yes, it, it, we'll it, we'll it, move it on to just talk about music. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is true, yes. But, I mean, I mean we, we, were, we were planning to, to play music last summer, and, and this didn't happen. We were playing a local good festival called the Fringe Festival, and we, we had an hour slot to play on a big stage, but we didn't get the chance to do it because everything has gone dead mm-hmm. all, yeah. all at once. So, yeah, I mean, play with the guys. We have Graham is a very seasoned uh, drummer, really, really good drummer. Nothing flamboyant. Timing is 100% perfect. One of those solid drummers that you want to be playing with uh, uh, and having your rhythm section. And then we have this this guy from uh, this Australian guy called Ant, and he is he's a very tall guy, very big guy, and he can really play the bass. You know, <laughs> this guy is is immense on bass. I mean, he can play anything from uh, Rage Against the Machine all over to jazz. You know, oh nice. He, he, oh yeah, I mean, he, he's so musical. Uh, you know, he, Jeff and I look at him and go, wow, this guy's a genius, and he really is. You know, so it's basically really it, op- yeah. opened up. Yeah, he opened up a lot of opportunities. That's why you will hear a bit of more funk um, on this record than you ever did before. Funk, funk rock, you know, a lot of walking bass lines, melodic lines, etc., etc. Because he's capable of doing that. And um, so musically, the the let's say the stakes have gone high, which mm-hmm. which makes me and Jeff laugh because obviously before we were like the ones scrutinizing the others that came in. Now it's probably the others that come in <laughs> scrutinize our playing. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, I find myself to be the worst guitarist in the band out of four members. <laughs> well, I'm the worst guitarist in my band too, don't worry. We can, we can wear that and be proud of that Somebody's together. Gotta be. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to be. What do you have for our guests at that time of the show? Yeah, oh, my God. So, I, again, I always have to apologize to the guests when it gets to, to my stream of, of questions because I, I like to go off the beaten path just a little bit and have a little bit of fun. So be forewarned. Um, one, bef- before I get to question, when all this stuff clears up and we're allowed to leave the country and get over again, I got to check you guys. I got to get over to the U.K. and check you guys out sometime, too. So I may be e- emailing you guys for some show dates. In a place to crash one day, just be forewarned. <laughs> You'd be more than welcome. Uh, we can't, we can't wait to go back. You know, to, to being able to play. You know, we're very well respected around here. You know, people know who we are. Um, you know, whenever you feel that it's possible to do so, we have shows. You can travel. Come, come, come and see us. For sure. Absolutely. Oh, so Andy, let's talk about your gear a little bit. What's your what's your number one guitar and what's your amp rev look like? Oh, uh, okay. So currently buried around uh, around here, you can't see it. Um, I have my main amp is a 1985 Marshall JCM 800 uh, uh, lead series. So it's combo. very quiet. Very quiet. 
always very loud. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I actually changed the preamp, so I put down a 12A U7 valve instead of the AX7 in it. So it basically pumps 20, 20 watts instead of 100 watts. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, then I have a Jesse M900, which is my sort of like, you know, if I don't want to bring a, a double cone one, which is very heavy, I just bring a single cone one. Um, I play a couple of... Um, couple of uh, uh, orange amps. Uh, I've got a, actually orange, a micro. Yeah. yeah, I've got a so micro. So you're on the British stuff, great. man, with the Marshall and the orange stuff. Yeah, gotcha. very much. Very much. I mean, very dirty sound. You know, yeah. um, my sound is simple. Jeff says it's dirty. That's it. So I'll primarily is, I use fuzz. Oh, cool. Oh, right. <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, oh, mine is, I've got a, big, big, a bigger one than that. I have the 8-inch, uh, eight, eight uh, the Crush 20. RT. This is the it, orange mini, whatever. It's just a little. Oh, it's great. Funny it's practice great. amp. I do play yeah. Vox though when, with my band. I play with a Vox. You play Vox. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, um, I use a. Uh, I have actually have a. Uh, I'll show you now if I can just zoom into that if you can see it. I actually have my orange micro housed yep. into what used to be another amp that blew up on me uh, during <laughs> the show, and I kept the housing to keep the little um, Terra in there. And uh, it, that goes through a 10-inch uh, Celestium Greenback speaker in here, and it sounds really lovely and, and crunchy. Um, yeah, uh, my favorite guitar? Well, difficult to say. I, I guess it's probably my, my Les Paul standard, which came back recently from cosmetic um, surgery because I abused it so much on stage that I actually made a hole on the back of the thing. A hole uh, in the back? How did that happen? That, uh, with a, with a buckle rush, you know. Oh, buckle rush. Actually, actually okay, had gotcha. a complete complete hole in it. So, um, wow. so I took I took uh, to some to, to the guy at uh, uh, the, the local store and he fixed it for me. So he's back at home now. But I have some lovely guitars. I have uh, two Les Pauls, a gold top, um, and the, 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 which is a studio. Um, I've got the, the standard, which is in um, um, Sunburst color. I have a junior. I also have um, a, a Reverend. Um, that so I HB, saw the pictures kind of, of yeah. you you playing, and I thought that was a Reverend guitar. Uh, yeah, it's, it's Daredevil. Yeah, Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. HB, one of the last mahogany ones before they moved to the Corina wood. So yeah. it's one of the sort of like epic uh, models. Um, bunch of acoustics, Martin acoustic. Um, uh, a couple of old Echoes. My oldest guitar is a 1964 Echo Ranger 6. And then I have an Echo Ranger 6 uh, XL. You know, the, the ones that the uh, Led Zepp recorded yeah. stuff on. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much me. And, you know, my, my pedal board is very simple. Jeff, Je Jeff's one is mental. He will tell you all about it. Uh, mine is simple. It's just fast, you know, boost. <laughs> Over, over boost and a bit of delay and a yeah. wire. That's that's very much me. Very but that's all you need with, the, a, with a good yeah, guitar yeah. and a good amp. You don't <laughs> yeah. need. I mean, especially for what kind of music you guys are playing, which is straight up rock and roll stuff. You don't need a bunch of craziness. No, but Jeff is Mr. Modulator, and right. he has the most beautiful, beautiful, um, you know, pedal board you ever see. If he goes back into his music room, I'm sure he probably <laughs> give, give you a tour of his pedal board. But uh, Jeff has a lot of sounds. And a lot oh. of stuff. And he has a clock. A he clock. also has a <laughs> clock. Yeah, because I do. Jeff is Mr. <laughs> Setlist. Okay, so I was giving him in the early days a job. Jeff, you do the setlists. I I do everything else, management, you know, everything else. 
you come up with a set list. And if you say to Jeff, your set list needs to be 52 minutes and 37 seconds, he will give you 52 minutes and 37 seconds, which is absolutely ish. But it's really fiscal on that. And that, you know, justifies the fact of having a clock built into your actual pedal balls. That's impressive. I don't see that very often, or really ever, <laughs> a pedalboard clock. Well, Jeff, that's a perfect opportunity for you to talk us through some of your gear. Uh, I'm a lot more simple, but a lot more complicated. Uh, <laughs> I've got a Les Paul, and I've got a Tele. Yeah. I've only got two really good guitars, so those are the only two I really You know what? Like. Those are the only two guitars, in my opinion, that you need. I've got a Tele hanging on my wall. i got a Les Paul and another Les Paul. Like That's, that's all you need. Yeah, um, amp-wise, Marshall and Vox, another British yep. guy, yeah. Um, more interestingly, I've got a 1968 Wurlitzer 200A, which um, I really like. It's uh, original condition, so... No kidding. A few noises. And yeah, whatnot. yeah. The Wurlitzer, um, I mean, that's classic. Yeah. I've got a Nord Electro that I mess around on for uh, organ. Um, yeah. And as Andy says, pedal board, um, I kind of became Mr. Modulator by accident because when you're in a two guitar band, you can't both be balls out drive or you can't both be pumping the wire. It just makes no sense. So you've got to choose a bit of sonic ground. Um, so Andy takes the flamboyant leads. Um, the more crunchy drive stuff. And um, I started to give myself, yeah, Mr. Modulator, as Andy calls me. Um, so, yeah, I have a, like a few chorus, a few vibes, a couple of echoes. Uh, I've got a Let's to do the old um, Leslie rotary sound mm -hmm. on it. Those I love that sound. But the trouble is, um, when you buy toys, where do you put them? You either put them in the cupboard or you leave them stuck on the board. So, yeah, my board's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, we use this uh, Diago uh, board, so you can see my board is here. Um, I don't know if you can actually see it there. Yeah, I can see it. Uh, that's the smaller version than Jeff's, and sometimes when I pick his, it's like three times the weight of mine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he has a lot more pedals in it than, than I do, yeah. Have you guys ever watched the rig rundowns on YouTube, where they actually had Magpie, they had Mark and, and Chris? Yeah, I've seen Rich, it Rich a few times. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. He didn't have also, a clock, though. No, 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 he didn't. <laughs> Everything I, I, but I loved, a clock. I loved watching the, the same rig rundown on uh, Charlie Star. Yeah, uh, yeah Black that's Brismo, a good one too. And, yep. you know, Charlie so simple. You, you know, he's crunchy, Mr. Crunchy. Very much like me. We use very similar setup. And I use uh, my Analog Man um, Sunface NKT275. It's my favorite pedal. I couldn't live without that. Yeah. You know, that's... It's a great pedal, and, and it, that's where I get my sound from. But I also use a, um, a HBE uh, uh, Power Screamer, which is, which is a lovely overdrive. Right. And I think the two work very well together sonically. Um, you I guys get, have I, a good sound, yeah. good tone. I really like it. Great. Jeff, thank you. When you write the set list, are you changing it up? Are you doing a similar thing? Like, how, what, how's that? How do you construct a set list? How, well, first of all, you say to yourself, it's never the same. That's rule one. Um, yeah, subject to time constraints, just have a look, you know, smash in with three or four hard ones, mellow it down, play a couple of covers, play a few old favorites, take a set break, rinse and repeat. Uh, there's no magic formula. It's just 
the feel of what song. Obviously, because we we both front the band with uh, vocals, co-vocals and harmony vocals, we we switch up so there's not ever four or five songs by the same singer. So you'll go sort of left, right, left, right. Hence why we stand left, right with our guitars. Gives it a bit of um, impact. Um, but no, it's just an organic thing. It's cliche to say it, but um, the pen comes out. You just jot a few ideas down, flick them around. I get the clock out, time them, and we're good to go. Right on. I mean, when we play our full gigs, you know, two two hours, two and a half hours, um, we we can be flexible. Yeah, we we can obviously mix and match. And but you know, if we are playing the festival and you know that you have a one hour slot, you know, the ten minutes is actually spent just doing the changeovers, and you yeah. end up playing fifty minutes. Yeah. You don't want to miss out on your big closer. So Jeff really times it so that we've got. Time. Even if we are jamming a song and we extend the jam, he always leaves that sort of like space so that we can then finish off with a big number at the end, you know? Yeah. Now that makes um, sense. So it works for us, favorite, you know? It's... Like a favorite cover that you like to play? Ooh, that's. Uh, um, we. Yeah. Like down by the river, that was a classic. Uh, like you're talking about uh, the the version from um, Neil Young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, I kind of like Rich Robinson's solo version was what inspired me. Okay, it, gotcha. It is much like. I mean, it's all Neil Young based. Um, we also do Rocket in the Free World, another Neil one. Yeah. Um, funny enough, if we're going to go on a Neil tangent, we used to do Old Man. <laughs> Love okay. that one. Um, Andy, any favorite covers of yours? Oh, well, uh, we, there is a video out there of us um, when we launched our album uh, back in 2015. We did Thousand Times was our record. Uh, we should have had one of Steve Waters songs on it. Uh, not many know, know about this, but we actually recorded uh, World Keeps Moving On. So we have done it and uh, we never released it through licensing holdups things are changing between the the, the the us and europe and to license the, the 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 use of the song it would have been absolutely overkill for us so we just have have it it was all mixed and polished and mastered and the guys at steepwater were happy with it and we were happy with it so we played um uh, that song a lot um, in, in around 2015, 2016. Uh, yeah, also, fun. we played, yeah, we covered a bit of Water. We, we've done, you know, High and Humble a handful of times as well. Um, I guess, you know, we, we, we've done a few things. Acoustic sets, we, we, we just did the stuff that Rich and Chris were doing, like songs like Polly and things mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. because of it was easy for us to when we first started, it says what what songs are we gonna do? We inspired ourselves over the Chris and Rich, you know, uh, uh, live at Ross Theatre type thing, you know, where we could get the songs that they had covered, you know. Um, the guy, um, yeah, typical example is is Polly, for instance. It was easy for us to work out on harmonies, trying to get to voices. Um, yeah, I, mean, I guess, I mean, we, we, we have played some crows, of course we have done, yeah. we, we, we basically redone the, uh, what they have done at the very end when they were doing the, the medley in between, um, um, 
what was that? Art, oh, art to hand handle, hand in, handle and hush. Yeah, okay. so, I mean, yeah, we, yeah. we've done that. It works. Uh, oh, there's another good British band, Deep Purple, right? Yeah. And uh, also, we, we played quite a bit of... Um, we've done a bit of um, Blackberry Smoke over, over yeah. time. Um, we played Whip or Will. Um, no kidding. We, we, we used to play that live. Uh, we've done it qu- quite a few times. Went down well. Um, yeah, we sort of like dip into, uh, you know, these guys and ju- just as a cover. Um, yeah. Sometimes we have to do some stones, you know. Um, you got we, to do we play. Yeah. We do. We do some faces, you know. We, we do as, as as well, you know, the faces. Hey, who's doing to. the Rod Stewart then? Who's singing the Rod Stewart part? Well, me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we play "Stay with Me," which we, I play instead of the original key. In the E, open E, I play in open G just because I have an open G guitar for most yeah. shows, right? You don't want to have 15 guitars and 15 tunings, and you really are rich, Robinson. Exactly, right. So I, I'm basically, uh, the task on that is to be the Rod Stewart singing that while I'm actually being, you know, Ronnie Wood on the guitar. And so it's kind of a challenging one. I sure. and me and actually Ian McLaglen as well, because we have no live organ, so... All the rundowns on on the organ, I'm actually doing on the slide. Oh no, it's just kidding! A bit, bit, of, bit of crazy, yeah. I mean, but that's work. Yeah, otherwise we would have not played it. You know, yeah. it's tough. Uh, we've had some catastrophic endings, but then again, <laughs> the the face the faces did as well. You know, the ending is never <laughs> polished. Um, I went to the reunion, the faces reunion with my wife back in 2015, and uh, even even Rod Rod and Ronnie and. Uh, and the band got it wrong at the end. You know, it, it's, it's never clean. It's no. always like it hit and miss. So I don't feel so bad. <laughs> I love All it. right, guys. Looks like we're winding down here. Jason, do you have anything else? I have one last question for you guys. What is a band that we should know from the UK that we don't know from the UK that you can help promote? Okay, I'll give you one. Okay. It's uh, the Mike Ross Band. Mike Ross. Yeah, yeah. based in Brighton. Um, you could call him Americana. You could call him blues rock. You could call him straight rock. Um, he was a guitar tech for Rich on, I believe, on his acoustic shows over the UK and uh, huh. whatnot. In about, must have been 2015, I'm guessing now. Gonna, I know earlier, 2014, something like that. Um, so I met the guy then, um, but one of his finest works is a band called RHR, which is Ross, uh, oh, I'm going to make a now, should have researched it. Three guys, RHR, Hutchinson and da-da-da, but the three of them, they all play lead guitar and share vocals and, you know, a triple guitar attack. You cannot beat. No kidding. Awesome. I have to check that out. Andy, do you have also? Somebody? Yeah, uh, our daughter Amy um, introduced me. Mm, she, she's massive into, into music. Because that you need to check out this guy. You guys have got to listen to a guy called Cam Cole. C A M. So Cameron. Yeah, Cam Cole. This guy is a, a, a guy that, that plays everything by himself. He's one of those talents with, with a slight guitar, full sound, he's doing percussions with his feet, and he doesn't need a band. You know, hmm. he's heavy by himself. 
very regional. He's he's been learning, you know, sort of like earning his living, um, basking. So I don't know how much basking is doing these days if he's allowed to bask or not, and living in a van. So he lives he, he lives in a camper van and yeah. he, he writes music and he basically makes makes his living out of basking. Come call, check him out on on uh, Spotify ab- or YouTube. The guy yeah. is incredible, right? Only young, 27, 28 years old. The guy's mental. Well, yeah. One last thing, Brian. Guys um, from the Southern Brotherhood, the, the music band, not the hate group. Um, where can where can we go out? Where can our fans go out and find your stuff? Promote yourself a little bit here. Um, we recently redesigned our website. So just check us out on www.southernbrotherhoodmusic.com. And you have all the links to our Spotify. On uh, We have a... Uh, a full um, store, which is on, uh, um, um, what's that one called? Uh, Bandcamp. Yeah, Bandcamp. that's it. Bandcamp, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. I forgot the name. Um, so <laughs> all our back catalog is on there. You can currently buy, uh, you know, on the special deal. We, we box up a certain price and you can get all the releases from there. Uh, so, yeah, so www.southernbrotherhood.com and all check us out on Facebook and Instagram. All right. Oh, fantastic. Lo- well, thank you very much. Stuff. Yeah, for sure. Andy Southern Rose and Jeff Kirkham. Am I pronouncing that correct? Your last name, Kirkham or Kirkham? Kirkham. Right, my friend. That's Andy Southern Rose, Andy and Jeff. Jeff Kirkham from Southern Brotherhood over in the UK. Thank you guys so much. It means a lot to us that you're on this podcast, and uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you guys again in the future. I would like thank to say you, thanks. Uh, thank you, Jason. It's been great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very Stay much, safe, guys. guys. Thanks. Well, another uh, great chat with guests uh, from Southern Brotherhood from the uh, South UK near the ocean there. Uh, What's a couple of uh, salient points that you took out of that, Jason? Well, one very interesting is uh, the United Kingdom does have hillbillies, as they confirmed for (laughs) us, who like bluegrass music. So not those guys were not hillbillies, but there are hillbillies from there. Um, I thought it was interesting, too, that there are a lot of bands that, you know, they give us some names other than themselves who really play the style of Southern rock music and do a really good job with it. I mean, the Southern Brotherhood is great. I, lo- I love the Black Crows influences, how they think of the band, how they got together. Um, that's kind of what I took away from it. What, what did you get? Well, you know, I like that, of course, you know, we talked a little more in depth about the Crows talked about uh, the Steepwater Band, we talked about Driving Wheel, talked about Mark Ford, you know, we talked about these other bands that, that those guys are familiar with. and, and Government have, Mule, they're fans of the Mule. For sure, yeah, yeah. And uh, also the bands that they have turned us on to. I mean, as soon as I got done talking, when we got done talking with those guys, I'm like, you know, I, I you know, they mentioned uh, Mike Ross Band, and uh cam cole who they insane. mentioned cam cole and as i'm googling that and you get on those facebook pages and press like then all of a sudden the links to all these other bands came up you know jade like the stone ells bailey catfish uh doomsday outlaw troy redfern band uh just pretty 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 doggone incredible it's a lot a lot of good bluesy kind of southern stuff going on over there yeah, you know, it's funny, too. So I think you look at the UK music and you look at American music, and I think they bounce and forth back bounce and forth back off each other 
with influencing, right? We just talked about at the beginning of the podcast. Hey, what are, what are some British bands that were influenced by the blues and Southern rock? Here you go. Well, then, you know, we had American bands later on in the 70s and 80s based on what the, the British bands were doing, the Zeppelins, the Claptons, uh, you know, all that stuff. And then, you know, and now we sort of have a resurgence of Southern rock and blues in, in the U.S., and we see a interest and a pretty good, like, growing, uh, like, appetite for that type of music in the United Kingdom with some really good bands. Like, um, um, a couple of the ones you sent me. So, thank you. You named those names. You sent me some links. I watched them. Some good blues singers. I think Els Bailey, was that her Correct. name? Yeah. Really good. Like, more bluesy. Like, I was really impressed by that. Uh, Cam Cole is a great uh, blues guitar player, singer, musician. Uh, Mike Ross band, good southern rock band. So, um, it, it's really weird. We almost like it's almost like reciprocal behavior between the two countries back and forth. And I think our, this podcast talking to these guys kind of reaffirmed that to me. And all that stuff keeps coming back around and it recycles. And, and you know, you trace those roots far enough and you're going to realize that everybody in some way is borrowing from the blues. You know, that's, you know, the blues had a baby and they called it rock and roll. And uh, everything, everything comes from that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that, that you're spot on, like just kind of hearing, I'm not going to say anymore. You said it well, I'll just mess it up. <laughs> yeah. And the blues had a baby. They called it rock and roll and rock and roll had a baby and they called it Southern rock. So on that note, always remember Southern rock is reverent and blues is blood. We'll see you next time. Crazy, baby
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 